the official podcast of the MASH GOP, Jim Lyons, the elephant in the room. We've got a great interview coming up, Summer Smailing, going to be talking about what's going on in your schools, and you're going to want to pay attention to this. So, Summer, you're with John and Jim. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I live in Halifax. Uh, I ran for state rep in 2018 and lost my primary by 27 votes, and then I decided I was going to give it another shot and ran in 2020 and uh, came pretty close, actually came the closest to unseating an incumbent Democrat in the entire state. Um, I think I lost my race by about a thousand votes. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was tough, but it happens. It's uh, Massachusetts. So I think we have to be cognizant of that. And Trump was at the top of the ticket and we all know how that goes in Massachusetts, but you know, I didn't go away. I'm still here. I've uh, served my community since 2012 when I joined the finance committee. And then in 2014, I decided to run for school committee because I had children and um, I saw that more than half of our town's budget was being consumed by the school. And I also um, became aware of Common Core sort of coming down the pike. And I have a major opposition to the federal government encroaching into our classrooms because I saw the writing on the wall and what that was going to bring us. And so I ran for school committee on that platform to inform parents and get them involved in education. And uh, I won overwhelmingly. I think I got the highest vote total of anybody in town, including the incumbent selectmen. And um, yeah, so I've served on the school committee in Halifax at the elementary level for since 2014, been chairman for about seven years on that committee. Um, last year I was unsure whether or not I was going to continue to run for school committee just cause it's quite an undertaking. I don't think people realize how much time goes into it and it's a volunteer position. And, but we were in the middle of COVID and everything that was going on with the masking of our children and this detriment to their education and the educational gap that they were facing in academics. And I, I, there was also some other factors going on in my town and to be quite frank, the left liberals wanted my head on a spike and really came after me pretty hard. Instead of lying down and hiding, I decided that not only was I going to run for the elementary committee again, I was going to run for the regional school committee at Silver Lake, and I won both seats in that election. So I still am the current chairman of Halifax Elementary, and I sit on the Silver Lake Regional School Board also. Well, that's amazing. That's, you've got a proud Republican fighting for the youth in our committee. That's great. You know, as, as I said with Jim Lyons, the chairman of Mass GOP, you know, that's what Jim's all about, you know, protecting, you know, our kids and our education. And I mean, Jim, you got to be excited about something like this. Summer is, is, is like the model. I, uh, everybody that runs for school committee, uh, I encourage them to, to give Summer a call and to talk about, you know, exactly what goes on because she is an absolute patriot and is fighting for, um, you know, the, all the kids in, 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 the, in our schools. And, you know, one of the things that Summer uh, really talks about when we go out tr- on, the, on the road training is how important it is for mamas to get involved. And um, maybe you could share a couple of stories with our listeners about, you know, the things that happen that really, you know, are really driving you to continue to do what you do, Summer. Yeah, I mean, we all, you know, we all suffered to some degree during the pandemic. And I, I find that talking to parents that the silver lining with COVID was when the classroom got brought into the kitchen. 
and it really woke parents up. I hate to even use the word woke, but woke them up to see what these teachers were saying and what they were hearing. And all of a sudden parents started paying attention and really sort of digging into, you know, emails from the school that all of a sudden you find like a hidden survey in and seeing things inside the classroom that maybe weren't there before that all of a sudden appeared. And it's just very, I think that COVID really, really opened the eyes of these moms, especially that took a pause and said, wait a minute, what did you just say to my kid? I mean, I had a parent reach out to me just two weeks ago that said that her son came home. He's in 11th grade in his English classroom, that the teacher stood there in the classroom and said, well, these old authors, when they wrote this literature, they were really racist and just exercising their white privilege. And I was like, excuse me? But the the biggest problem that I see is it's, it's great that parents are waking up and seeing it, but unfortunately they're afraid to speak. They're afraid because my response is, listen, I'm only one person on a committee. You need to bring this to my entire committee and say, you know, teacher X, Y, and Z is saying this in the classroom to my son and it's inappropriate, but they're afraid to do that because their children will get targeted. And we really need parents <clears throat> to not be afraid. And, and I, I think that not to like, you know, toot my own horn, but I, I like to give myself as an example. You know, I, I have three children, two of which are in the school system and I have really stuck my neck out for these other parents and been not afraid to speak. And it's great that parents feel like they can come to me and I can be a sounding board for them. But I really, really encourage parents to go to their school committee meetings and email their superintendent and, and CC their school committees because we don't know what's going on unless you tell us what's going on. Like, we can't do anything about it and reprimand that teacher on hearsay. I need it in writing. And, and so, I mean, there's all kinds of things. There's the sexualization of our children at a young age. I had another email from a parent just two days ago that said that her son, who is 13 years old in seventh grade, was using the bathroom in the middle school. And a girl who I quote identifies as a boy came into the bathroom to use it. Well, the parent was like, my son came home and was uncomfortable because he couldn't go to the bathroom in the boys' room because there was a girl in there. And the response from the school was, well, we, we offer them a gender neutral bathroom. Whether or not they use it is up to them. It's like, wait a minute, what? But now, again, I say to this parent, you need to bring this to the attention of the superintendent and the school committee. So, well, I don't want my kid to be targeted. So it's hard. It's really hard because we're, we live in a place in, in a time where parents really want to speak out, but they're afraid to. But you can't be afraid to. You have to just do it. Otherwise, nothing changes. What's this doing to the quality of, of kids' education nowadays? I mean, you know, you know, we didn't talk about this when we were in school. Not not saying that it wasn't an issue back then, but you know, reading and writing and arithmetic were the 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 core of the education. And when your kids are so distracted with these other things, uh, what does it do to the quality of education from a school committee person's standpoint? Well, I see a lot of things like, um, you know, I I won't get into the whole peace flag story, but the um these these you know rainbow flags with the skin tones on them with the word peace. They are hanging in some of the schools and um, for like a good example is one was hanging in the library in our high school. Well, the American flag that was also hanging in the library got, got taken out of the library and put in the main lobby as a 9-11, you know, memorial kind of a situation that was set up. So the intention was good that, you know, the, the 
the administration took it upon themselves to set up this memorial in the um, lobby of the school. But the consequence of that was when the students who have their homeroom in the library stood up to say the Pledge of Allegiance in the morning and there was no American flag and they saw that, quote, peace flag hanging there and they were told that they were to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the peace flag instead of the American flag, one of the students who was actually an immigrant to this country and whose family owns a small business in town took it upon himself to rip the peace flag down and throw it in the trash because he was so angry that he was didn't have the American flag in front of him to say the pledge to. Now you've, now you've just like distracted this entire class. You've disrupted it. The entire school day is thrown off. The kid gets, gets suspended. So it's like, what, now you're telling me that this child... And they, they went after him and told him it was a hate crime. That's just insanity to me. Like, this, this child stood there and didn't have a flag to give the Pledge of Allegiance to. And, and now you, you've taken him out of the classroom and you're removing his educational experience over something that you inflicted on him. It, it just, but they, they go on and on and on. And, and another example is um, recently we had professional development in my district. And I've made it uh, one of my jobs as a member of the school committee to inquire about the professional development that we're giving our teachers. And <clears throat> I became really upset because the professional development that we had in February was hosted by the Anti-Defamation League, and it was, quote, anti-bias training. So I made a big stink about it, started asking all these questions, made all my other committee members aware that this is what was going on. They called a meeting of the chairs of, the, of everybody in our district blah, blah, blah. So my, but my point, my main point was, why are we coming off the heels of a pandemic? We spend an inordinate amount of time talking about this academic gap and how far behind and delayed our children are developmentally, uh, socially, (sighs) academically, and yet we're wasting our professional development, our tax dollars and our teachers time. And consequently our students time talking about anti-bias training and you know, uh, microaggressions and, um, you know, people implicit bias, you might not even realize that you have. Why are we not getting back to basics? So we literally are taking our tax dollars and our time in the classroom away from academics and pushing it towards this indoctrination and social agenda. And it's a complete waste of time. And we have our, our kids, it's only making this learning gap and academic gap even greater. We're not doing our children any favors at all with this nonsense. And it, it's sad to watch it happen. It's so, really sad. So. And they're linking it to, 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 um, to um, uh, like classroom work. You know what I mean? Like take complete this survey and it's a hundred points towards your grade. Well, the survey is what does it mean to be non-binary? What? Yeah, it's summer. I mean, I, I think what you're what you're expressing is the frustration that so many parents have, right, about what is going on in our schools. You know, when I stop my training now, I, I, I show a picture of Leah Thomas, the 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 the, the transgender that won the swimming uh, medal with three mm-hmm. young women standing off to the side. I mean, is that really America? I mean what about all these young women that are competing, you know, and now they have to compete with men? And yet in our schools, we're teaching third graders how to transition. Isn't It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And I think the point that you made 
is that they do want to put people in fear. They do want people to sit silent. So it, it is so um, refreshing to hear you talk about stepping up and fighting down there. And, and what we're hoping that, you know, what we're talking about today resonates across the state where we get other people who stand up and fight. I was in uh, Ashburnham on on Saturday, and I, I ran into uh, Frank Ottinger, who's uh, the, a member of the state committee out in Lemonster, and they just flipped their school committee from eight to one to five to four in one election cycle. We saw what wow. happened in San Francisco. So we need people, you know, John, we need people like Summer and, and particularly young mothers to get into this fight. So I, I really commend you for for your leadership and for you being unafraid. And, and I, I met Summer before she ran for office and, you know, it wasn't like this was something that she all of a sudden, you know, said, this is what I want to be when I was a kid. She saw the need and she started to step up and fight. And now she's just an incredible leader for our kids. Summer, I just have to ask, um, with you being a long time on the school committee, you've got some t- teachers that you work with that are tenured teachers. Hmm. What's the feedback you're getting from, you know, a long-term type teacher? Do they like this? Do they do it just to keep their job, to stay out of trouble? I mean, what's the feedback you receive? It's interesting that you say that right now because we're in the middle of uh, we're in the middle of mediation with our teachers right now, and they do not like me very much. But it's it's funny because my my seventeen year old said to me a couple of weeks ago, "Mom, all my teachers hate me because of you." Hmm. And I my heart about broke. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" That my my poor kid is going to school a junior and she feels this way. But funny enough, I've been collecting signatures for statewide and local candidates. And when I was collecting. Outside of Walmart in town, I had a teacher come up to me and introduce herself to me and say, I, I want to introduce myself to you. You're, you know, she knew my daughter. She said, you're her mom, right? And I said, yep. And she goes, I just have to tell you that not all of us are like that, quote unquote. And I thank you for everything that you are doing. I, she said to me, she's like, I feel like I can't speak up, but I thank you for, for being that person that's our voice because she thinks that her job would be threatened by standing up and saying something. But I have noticed that since we sort of became more outspoken, like in my little tiny town here in Halifax, and they've really started to ruffle some feathers. It is the younger teachers that are, you know, fresh out of college that feel like they have this, you know, platform to stand on and they're going to be the change. But you're right. The older teachers are not buying into it. They don't like it. And in fact, in my town, they're withdrawing their membership from the local union, which I found interesting. I So, so far that I know of, five of our teachers have pulled their membership out of the union because they don't want to be involved in this kind of nonsense. See, I have to think that people that you know are in this battle like all of us are, that we have the silent majority. I'm not saying that we're mm-hmm. the silent minority. We have the silent majority. We just have to provide the leadership like you are displaying to pull this out of people because we've got the numbers. We've got the common sense. We've got the ability to do it with Mr. Lyons's leadership at mass GOP. This is a, a, a battle that we need to stop and win today because if this, because is it fair to say since the Biden administration, this has been fast tracked even more than you were seeing during the Trump administration? Yes. Yeah, so again, a lot of, you know, a school operates a lot on grants 
money. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is when we're applying for these grants, which is, quote, fantastic, right? Like, oh, you know, we're all struggle, struggling with our budget. We have this wonderful grant, but we all know with those grants come strings. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you this grant, but you have to hire or enforce some sort of diversity, equity, and inclusion coordinator position with it. We'll give you this money, but you also have to spend a portion of it on this. We'll give you a chunk for, for, you know, COVID relief, but you have to spend some of it on social emotional learning. It's like, what? So it puts us in a position where our hands are tied, where I've even gone to my superintendent and been like, hey, like, this is not okay. I don't want this. Oh, well, then we're going to lose the entire grant if we don't do this. So, so then, it, then it puts me in a precarious position because I know I'm here to support the taxpayer, right? A lot of people don't understand, but the job of the school committee is to advocate for the taxpayer and for the students, not the teachers. So these teachers come up against, all oh, the school committee doesn't care and they should support the teachers. No, that's not what our job is. You guys have a union. We need to support the taxpayers and the parents and the students and the parents who voted for us to be in this position so it's hard for me as a school committee member to say, well, I want to reject this $200,000 grant because $20,000 has to be spent on some garbage I don't agree with. Like that, that puts me in a really hard position as somebody who's trying to help the taxpayer, right? Because I know our budget can't afford any more and we have needs that are not being met. So it's just, they, they put strings on everything. And then Obama did it with the race to the top. That's how we got Common Core into Massachusetts. He dangled the carrot and said, you can have all of this money, but you've got to implement Common Core. Well, they're doing the same thing with COVID. You can have this COVID relief money, but you have to put some of it towards social-emotional learning. You have to do something towards DEI, which is baby CRT. We all know that. We all understand that critical race theory is now being disguised as diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's just, uh, it's, Tumble. It's a tangled web we weave. One one of the things that that we're encouraging people to do is is to run for office, you know, locally and also for the legislature. Now, are you seeing parents like this year much more concerned about what's happening in their schools? Have you seen a a shift from parents who didn't want to be involved to now parents are really concerned? Is that is oh, that absolutely? Hap- Absolutely. I mean, Carrie McRae is the perfect example, right? So here you have this teacher, public school teacher in Hanover. Gets, she decides she's going to run for school committee in Bourne, her hometown. She, gets, she puts out a TikTok video that says, when I get elected to school committee, I'm going to make sure that we are not teaching our children critical race theory and not teaching them gender identity politics at a young age, like whether or not they can pick to be a boy or a girl. They fired her from her teaching job in Hanover and then tried to recall her after she got elected to the Bourne School Committee. Well, she's just like me. She got so mad that the more that they came after her and pressed her, she decided that not only is she not going to resign from the Bourne School Committee and the recall effort failed, but now she's running for state senate in her district. because And she was just this mom and grandma who was like, oh, I just want to be involved. And like I said, she was a public school teacher who door knocked for the MTA just a few years ago. But because of this shift in, in the way that education is being handled and no longer focused on academics, even people that were middle of the road and slightly left-leaning that weren't involved at all are waking up and are furious. And, and I, I, I mean, you see the trend across the country. Look what happened in Virginia. I can only hope and pray 
that comes here. Because the more parents wake up and start paying attention, the more angry they're going to get. So, so, so that's s- what the message needs to be. And, and Chairman Lyons, I can't thank you enough for refocusing the 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 um, focus of the the state party onto local politics because that's where people's power really is. Is on the local level. It's running for school committee, running for selectmen, running for board of health when they're implementing all these mandates in their small towns. All of those things really truly matter and affect every single family directly. People forget that. And I think the point that you made about about Carrie, which is the point that I really want to drive home, is that we need, as you call them, the mama bears to yeah. understand how bad this is. And they even though they you know, have to sometimes have some arrows uh, shot at them. Standing up and fighting right now is exactly what we need to do. And, you know, we need more mama bears to step up and tell these people, these are our children, they're our grandchildren, and we've had enough of this insanity from the radical left. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I can be that person to stand there and say, hey, look, you're not going to stand alone. I'm standing here with you then so be it. You know, myself, Carrie, there's a a woman in Kingston. There's actually a dad in Kingston doing the same thing right now in my neighboring town. Like people are angry. He's a teacher too. And he's like, I've had it. He walked out of his professional development. He was so angry. Now, Summer, I got to applaud you because I've been a school committee member. I've been a selectman. I've been on the board of health. Hardest job I've ever had, had of any of those was on the school committee. So tell somebody who's listening to this podcast what having another like-minded individual like yourself on your on one of your boards can do and makes a difference. You know, everybody wants to know what's in it for them. How can having another person who, you know, thinks along our party lines, what would that do to, to, to help you and to help your community? Well, I think on a personal level, like it's nice to know that you're not alone. You know, it's nice to know that you can stand there and have somebody stand by your side and not be afraid. Like I'm, I'm very, very fortunate in my town that we have a four to one conservative leaning board. We have elections coming up in, in May in just a few weeks and, and two seats are up. So there is a risk that I may lose and they're both conservative seats. Um, I live in a conservative town, so I'm hoping that it's not a huge risk that I lose them, but it's a possibility but I have to say, like, you can't, you can't do anything. You have no power when you're one. You have none. So you need the majority of your board. And even having one other person to just bounce ideas off of. And I reach out to my neighboring communities. We've started a little network. I talk to people in Abington. I talk to people in, you know, on the Cape. We talk to people everywhere because just knowing that we're all there together and bouncing ideas off of each other the perfect example is when we started writing letters to Jesse about the mask mandate, one school committee did it. Then all of a sudden another one did it. And then it was, Oh, send me your letter. I'm going to, I'm going to tweak your letter and we're going to make it fit our community. So we can send one too. Cause that's really what, once you start to build the wave, that's what shifts the momentum, you know, go after the Massachusetts association for school committees. They're, they're not on our side. They are extremely liberal and they want all the teachers still remote and everybody in a mask. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're like ridiculous. And they want all of this DEI stuff in there. And in fact, they, I've sat in on their webinars where they flat out had one of the topics and it was critical race theory in the classroom and how they are rebranding it 
as diversity, equity, and inclusion because CRT is not selling well. You think? Well, Summer, so, I'm, I mean, I'm going to let Jim uh, wrap up, but I just want to tell you, you know, not all heroes wear capes, but you're a hero. And you keep fighting. Oh, thank you. You keep fighting. You keep doing the right thing by our kids. And I'll let uh, Jim wrap this up. Yes, yeah, We have to inspire other people to step up. We have got to. And that's exactly why we brought you on today, because I want other people to hear what you had to say and what you've said on so many uh, training meetings that we've shared together. And thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And thank you so much for all you do, Summer. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate you giving me this platform.